When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. And what's up, what's up? Welcome into GC Live. I am Wes Mitchell. He is Chris Clark. Happy New Year to all of Gamecock Nation and everyone else out there. Appreciate you joining us. This is a Monday edition of the show, and we're glad to be back on after taking a quick day on Friday for New Year's. We said there might be some stuff to talk about on the Monday show, and uh, we have it. Not, uh, Not three new coaches as we thought might be a possibility. But we do still have plenty to talk about today. South Carolina, of course, will make their – I guess now we're at eight. They will make eight hires official on uh, this afternoon. We're recording this, or we're obviously live, if you're sitting here watching right now, at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Monday. And if you're watching this later on, chances are by the time you see this or hear this, South Carolina will have made eight of their ten on-field hires official, the seven from last week plus the new hire of Justin Stepp, uh, which word I, I guess didn't become official, but it, it happened, uh, I guess, as far as decisions being made on Sunday afternoon. And, Chris, another example, man, I would say one – but before we get into Stepp and, and what he means and, and what it will mean for South Carolina's program, it appears that uh, Shane Beamer has uh, really mastered the art of operating – behind closed doors and and not letting word get out on uh, some of his uh, coaching uh, search hired and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, th- there were some names um, out there early that we knew would be a part of the process, but, um, you know, he's been very uh, thorough and, you know, taking his time in the process. And part of that is look, working through some candidates, particularly when you look at defensive coordinator, you know, Derek Mason's not been the only guy on the board. You know, Jay Bateman's been on the board from North Carolina. That was a guy that we've been tracking for a long time. Kevin Steele, we were tracking earlier in the process. And for different reasons, there's been some shifts there. There were some other guys that we knew, we knew would be part of the staff, right, early. We knew there would be at least a couple guys in that building that were going to draw heavy consideration for the job, but, what, you know, weren't sure if it would happen. So, uh yeah, he, he has definitely done it in a in a pretty quiet manner for the most part. Um, and it, it has been an interesting process to follow. Some of the things came together pretty quickly. Some have taken a little bit longer. And when you look at strength coach, there are obviously some guys that have been candidates that had to get through the bowl game. And then it's about trying to go down, go lock up and secure a guy uh, to see if you can lock up and secure one of those guys. 
uh, defensive coordinator, you got to lock up that role. And that, from what I've been told, Wes could also play a part in that final defensive assistant slot too, because they do have one of those left. So we'll see where it goes uh, from there. And, uh, you know, hopefully in the next few days, we'll have an answer on that stuff, but it's not quite clear, you know, maybe how much, how much longer it take. Yeah. And obviously Chris, you're sort of working, um, South Carolina has their own timeline, but you're, and, and obviously they would have loved, I think, to be able to have all 10, um, you know, ready to go for today with the BOT meeting. But you're, you know, you're frankly operating on the timeline of the the other coaches involved as well. So that there's only so much you can do to try to push it forward. And if you have a coach that you really want and you're willing to wait, then you sort of have to play by that coach's timeline. So we'll see what happens from here as that goes. What we do know is that Justin Stepp will be official here in a couple hours. Is uh, already making the move from Arkansas to South Carolina. And uh, it appears Arkansas already has his replacement uh, in place as well. So that, that actually went really quick on, on that end, too. Uh, sounds like this quietly has been in the works for the last week or so, I was told. And, but, but something, I, I think, Chris, where even though, you know, St- Step's name came up and then it sort of, I would say, dissipated a little bit, yeah. th- there was always uh, some interest, I think, in getting back home. From you know, from step, and I, I think that's probably the biggest factor here. Is you're talking about someone who was born in Columbia, played high school ball at Pillion right down the road from here. Um, you know, got his played his college ball at Furman. His his first ever coaching job was at Fort Mill High School. Then he was a uh, you know an offensive like analyst, uh, grad assistant type role at Clemson, and just has so many ties to this state. So I think you look, and this is a hire where, again, it fits a mold that I think we've seen play out quite a bit and a mold of Shane Beamer trying to go out and get guys that make a lot of sense from a fit standpoint and some guys that maybe see this as not just another job but a chance. Obviously, he's not a USC grad, but a chance to get back home. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think there is a little bit more of that homegrown aspect. Like you mentioned, Wes, there are going to be some guys that, um, you know, certainly are Gamecocks, like an Eric Kimry that are in the building. There may be some more support staff type people who end up coming on. Obviously, the on-field staff has to sort out first, and then Beamer will begin the process of building out sort of the support staff. There's some guy, people that may stay from the previous staff. There's some that may be added, subtracted, et cetera. But we do expect – you know, there'll be a little bit more of a Gamecock flavor probably in the building in certain cases. Uh, now, there are other guys, for instance, you mentioned Step, Des Kitchings, another, you know, former Furman receiver uh, who's a native of South Carolina, who's not a Gamecock per se, but he is a South Carolina guy. And so uh, that can be meaningful, especially when you talk about uh, something Beamer's talked about a lot, culture. You know, he's talked about that a ton. And there's a good argument to be made that making those types of moves, having guys from this state and injecting more of that flavor into your staff can help you in that regard, whether it's recruiting this state and whether it's recruiting to a school that's the flagship school of that state. So uh, definitely some value there and a guy that, you know, is highly regarded um, for his recruiting acumen. A lot of people in the state of South Carolina obviously know Justin Stepp really well and hold him in high regard as a person, as a coach, as a recruiter. 
Yeah, we're going to get back into step, but uh, Jeffrey is leading off the whew, leading off the show and leading off the year, dropping the big money at us uh, with a $20 super chat. Jeffrey, appreciate that. Uh, Jeffrey's always willing to to throw a, a tip at us, man, so I, I appreciate it. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if we're going to be able to give a great answer to his question. But, I have to give him a refund. Okay. Yeah, ser- seriously. Uh, <laughs> But uh, Jeffrey says, happy Monday. Top three defensive coordinators that are most likely to be hired. Um, <laughs> take it from here, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you passing. I should have done the intro on that one. No, so really it is in, sort of impossible to answer unless, like, one of them can be, like, wild card coach, like, if you allow that. Um, so as of yesterday – Derek Mason was still on the board. Is it a slam dunk? Not by any means, because Derek Mason, per multiple sources, has some options. He has now one of those options is quite simply to sit out. He's uh, some people that I've spoken to that have had some communication with him or know people that have communicated with Mason indicated that one option is to simply sit out for a while, figure out his next move, recharge. Another one is to jump into the NFL. He has NFL coaching experience. He has some ties there. My understanding is that he's got at least one NFL opportunity to go be a position coach. And then, obviously, his name's been thrown around for some other openings. Maybe it's LSU. Haven't heard him as much there, but LSU. Um, you look at the situation at Oregon where they don't have an opening yet, but their defensive quarter coordinator, Andy Avalos, has a chance to go be the Boise head coach. So would they take a look at Mason, who spent time on the West Coast at Stanford, getting him back out to the Pac-12, maybe. So Mason's been able to take his time with it. South Carolina's taken their time with it so far. Uh, the thought, you know, earlier in the process, not earlier in the process, but, you know, several days ago up until yesterday has been, you know, that it could happen. Some people thought it would eventually get there, but it was just going to take some time. So we'll see. If it doesn't, at some point, it's hard to tell where it'll go. We don't anticipate Jay Bateman, as we've said, on the site on Gamecock Central. That was certainly a name that came up pretty hot and heavy early. Uh, Kevin Steele came up at different points. That has been couched to us as more unlikely, you know, um, during the process. So I do know there are other people, this is going to annoy some people saying this, I do know there are other candidates in the mix, but we haven't exactly covered quite yet who those people may be. I think we'll be able to learn more about that if things eventually don't uh, happen with Derek Mason. Yeah, good stuff, man. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, I, I think the way we phrased it or I've sort of phrased it is that the ball has sort of been in Derek Mason's court, uh, I think it sounds like. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, we have not heard anything officially that uh, that he is, is out, you know, by any means. So we'll, we'll see where that goes from there and um, obviously see what South Carolina can do um, moving forward if uh, if he's not the guy. And I, I think there's obviously a lot of great defensive coordinators out there. So even if it's not him, they'll, uh, they'll move on to the next guy and, and we'll see what happens. But uh, let's go back to step for a second. And Chris, dude, you, you are probably the same way. I've, I've had high school assistants already like reaching out with, yeah. without uh without ask without me asking being like dang that's a huge great hire for South Carolina um had a coach um 
in Florida reach out and who has a receiver Southcon's recruiting and said, um, you know, if th- this is a if this step deal is official, which this was when the, the rumors were out there yesterday afternoon, um, it's definitely going to help South Carolina with my guy. Uh, but but a lot of in-state coaches who, fr- from my understanding, it appears Step has just stayed in touch with a lot of these guys in the state of South Carolina, has developed relationships, um, didn't go get a big job, and then big time, uh, you know, the people he knew before ha- has stayed in touch with them. And I, I think if, if you look at sort of what South Carolina is going to have to do We've talked about the receiving room. We've talked about how it's going to have to be upgraded um, from both a developmental and a recruiting standpoint. I really, I don't know if you could have found a better hire for South Carolina that checks every box that that you were probably looking for with this spot because I, you see the development SMU at SMU. He's put a couple of guys in the league. Arkansas has some guys that are, are going to be future NFLers and the recruiting ability, which I want to dive into in a second, a little bit deeper in what he's done there. But um, it, I think it just checks every single box and, and you're starting to see high school coaches um, who are like, Hey, th- this could really uh, pay immediate dividends for South Carolina. Totally agree. And I think, you know, we, we probably were getting some uh, also, got my fair share of messages from people talking about how strong of a hire that was. Uh, one high school coach, for instance, said, best hire Beamer has made. It ain't even close. He's a home run. So, you know, that's uh, just one sampling there. But people think very highly of him. And, and what Step's going to bring, man, is a lot of energy. I know you're going to dive a little bit more into the recruiting. So uh, whatever points you may have, I don't want to steal that thunder potentially. But he uh, – you know, he's a guy that's a good relationship builder. Um, one of those guys you mentioned at SMU West, Cortland Sutton, who plays in the NFL, Step named his second son after. So, I mean, he's got – he's a really good relationship builder. He is a really, you know, hardworking recruiter. And I think that's – with certain guys that are in the building now for South Carolina, I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, hard work on the assistant front on recruiting. And obviously Shane Beamer himself is going to be really involved in that. He's always been a guy that the word you hear with him with recruiting, it's organization. You know, he knows a lot of people. He's very organized. So I have an organized operation, but guys like step, you know, to talk about some of the new guys, I mean, guys like step, a guy like Eric Henry, who's recruiting for the first time, but loves the university of South Carolina, probably more than about anybody, you know, um, and, and played here and has a unique perspective. Those guys are really, really going to work at it, and we have a body of work with Justin Stepp to be able to point to with some of the things he's done in the past. No doubt, man. Um, by the way, Doc, I see your super chat. We appreciate it, man. Any plans for meetups? I would say yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we'll – I mean, I, I wanted – I really wanted to be able to do some of that stuff this year, to be honest with you, and it just wasn't necessarily because of everything else going on in the cards as a possibility. So yes, if if everything's back to normal, which I anticipate and hope that it will be, um, absolutely. Maybe I I envision a big kickoff, a Gamecock central kickoff party heading into the start of the Beamer era, heading into the start of the football season next year, hopefully at one of our outstanding sponsors um, at some point leading into the season. So that's definitely something 
for uh, all of us to look forward to and appreciate the super chat tip there as well, Doc. So I want to get into step. And first of all, this idea, Chris, that you and I have talked about, and I think that you're always, you're always learning, right? No matter how long you do something, no matter how long you're in a business, you're always learning. And I have bought, um, and just totally completely into the view of that South Carolina needs guys who have proven they can recruit at nine logo schools. Yeah. And, um, by the way, what's up to SC impacts Floyd, um, first time chatter and viewer. So welcome in, man. hope that you'll uh, join us for many more, but I look and, and obviously I'll, I'll go back to a guy that we've used as the, the example in like a desk kitchens and what he was able to do at NC state, Chris, and then coming into South Carolina and what he's able to do here and, and how that translates to signing impact guys at non-traditional powerhouse schools. And when, so, so when you look at that, you say, what, what can a guy do maybe relative to uh, frankly, to his, his coworkers and relative obviously to the rest of the league. But if you sort the Arkansas commitment list from 2021 by the, uh, by the RR, which is like the deeper rating uh, within the ranking system, the very, the top two guys that pop up are going to be four-star wide receivers, obviously recruited by Justin Stepp. Now, 2019 was sort of when – or 2020 class was when they were in their class that is similar to what South Carolina is in right now. Complete transition, probably their worst-ranked class in, in a long time. They went heavy on transfers, as we've seen You know, South Carolina is going to do as well. But then you go back to 2019, and Step was the lone holdover from the Chad Morris staff to the new staff with Pittman, he signed four four-star guys at the receiver position within uh, the rivals ranking system. He was the only coach in the country. Only Arkansas was the only school in the country that had four four-star receivers in that class. Was rivals top twenty-five guy. Um, two of those receivers went ahead and played right away as true freshmen and made early impacts. So uh, four, if you look at like four of the top six prospects in that class, were signed by step as far as Arkansas's recruiting class. So uh, I, I think you look at that and just doing it at a place like Arkansas, that's still an SEC job. I'm not saying it's like um, an awful job by any means, but comparatively it is not a school that can just recruit based off their logo alone. So right. to do it there, I believe lends itself to us to believe he can definitely do similar things at South Carolina. And I tend to think that with, with Gunnar Stockton committed for 2022, something new to recruit to with a new staff that I don't know what to expect for 2021. I think you got to go heavy on transfers. Who knows if you can get a high school guy that's an impact guy. We'll see. But I tend to think 2022 that South Carolina will see immediate dividends on the recruiting trail at the receiver position with Justin Stepp. Yeah, good point. Um, because they're still going to have, let's say, South Carolina struck gold, so to speak, on the transfer market, you know, and they were able to bring in three guys who are multi-year guys. So they've got 
two, three years of eligibility remaining. That would be great. But 2022 guys are going to see a few things. You mentioned, Wes, the, the new coaching staff. So you're not going to look at a Beamer coaching staff for 2022 and say, that guy's on the hot seat. Like there's not going to be really concerns there, right? Then you're going to have, um, you know, the gunner stopped in effect with him coming in that class, him having a relationship with some guys. When you look at the state of Georgia, there's some really talented receivers that he knows there. Um, and then you're also going to have Step, who's a dynamic recruiter and has proven to be such. Here's the other thing, man, that he's got some carryover. This is something I just published an insider report on GamecockCentral.com right before the show. There's a lot of carryover that Step has with some guys that he already offered at Arkansas from Georgia, Florida, um, and one each from North Carolina and South Carolina uh, that he already offered at Arkansas that carried Gamecock offers. And so there's some carryover. Um, and there's some relationships that he's already presumably be, been building there. You know, you look at, just to use an example, um, North Carolina, Shalik Knotts is a guy that he offered four-star receiver from Monroe, North Carolina. South Carolina had an offer out to him. Uh, Adam Randall, who's a Clemson commitment out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina is not prepared to give up on. Does Step, does step help there? Possibly so. So uh, there are several more. You know, you look at some guys up in the Northeast, some guys in Georgia, Florida, so um, it'll be really interesting, I think, to track the, the staff as currently constituted, you know, is in the office for the first time officially today, you know, as a group. And so there's going to be a lot of recruiting conversations going on, and I think we'll start to see a lot of activity there. Yeah, there'll be a lot of stuff to track there, obviously, Chris. And I, I think you look and – so I was going back our – and by the way, shout out to Nikki with uh, hogbeat.com. I reached out and they were very helpful in getting sort of pointing me in the right direction on what Step has done at Arkansas. And basically, Sam Pittman said straight up the reason why Step was the long holdover from the Chad Morris, um, you know, staff was the way the guy recruits. And so Pittman very early on, went on the road with Step on recruiting trips and was sort of going around visiting various high schools and just watching the way other coaches and prospects interacted with him. He said he got home that night and he told his wife, this guy's my wide receivers coach. So he, uh, the very next day he was like, I'm, I, I want you to stay, be my receivers coach, et cetera, et cetera. And so, so that was the reason why, but – I found uh, somebody else actually posted this on our site and I ended up turning it into a story if you want to read it. But Step talked about in one of those little video features with the official um, Arkansas rival or Arkansas, you know, official like school site um, about his recruiting approach. And he said, my approach is relentless. Talk to my guys every single day. And he said, it doesn't matter what I've got going on. It doesn't matter what else is going on in my life. I'm going to reach out to my targets every single day. And we do this enough, Chris, to know that that's, that's not always the case. Like every coach does not take that approach of I'm just going to hit my guy up every single day. So, but what I think we do know from being around South Carolina recruiting uh, for long enough, if South Carolina is going to land difference-making prospects, and if they're going to beat out major players as far as uh, your name schools that we were talking about earlier, 
it has to be like that. It has to be relentless. It has to be a better relationship. It has to be a better – they have to be able to convince South Carolina this is a – or convince the kids South Carolina is a better situation for you than just taking the easy route of going to Alabama or, or whatever it may be. So um, I'm curious to see, like you said, there's carryover. People should go read the insider report. Um, there's already carryover. But I got a feeling, uh, you know, this guy's going to hit the ground running the second. Right. Yes, <laughs> sprinting uh, the second he gets to Columbia. Um, and I think he probably knows he's got to because that that's who he is anyway. But that that's the position that, that's got to be fixed. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and there are a few of those, right? Like, especially with some of the defections in the secondary at linebacker. You know, those are spots that you already would carry some concern with into 2021, but even more so now. So there are a few, but like the main one that everybody is thinking about for good reason is receiver, especially losing Shy Smith, who was your only proven option there last year and a senior. Um, you've got to get better production there. And so uh, how do you turn that around? Well, in the short term, you turn it around by hitting the transfer portal, selling playing time hard, you know, and uh, even if South Carolina, let's say South Carolina brought in a class of three or four of the best true freshmen in the country next year, that'd be fantastic. But A, probably unrealistic at this late stage, um, and B, they still be freshmen. So if you can go in and get some transfer portal guys, that's great as a bridge, particularly if they're multi-year guys. Um, but you are going to have to, both short and long term, you're going to have to go out and sign some really good high school talent. That's something that Justin Stepp has shown that he can do. And he's going to have the added bonus of doing it in his home state, A, and B, having a lot of potential playing time to sell. And so those are all positives that I think you're going to see him be able to uh, capitalize on during the process. No doubt. Um, <laughs> it's not very often, Chris, that you get uh, calls to to play an ad, basically. But um I got so I guess I got so fired up about talking about coaches and stuff. I don't even think I said that this show is brought to you by affordablemedicalusa.com. 803-926-1493, home of the game day chair. And um Ty here, um Ty's a funny guy. He said, uh, tell us about the chair. So Chris, tell us about the game day chair, man. Yeah, man. Ty, thank you for yelling at us to do that. Uh, for the reminder, very much appreciate that. Uh, yeah, man, check out the game day chair, affordablemedicalusa.com. It is the Maxi Comfort Cloud with Twilight Technology, which is the zero gravity lay flat position. Multiple positions available there, TV watching, lounge at the push of a button. And it is a super comfortable, super roomy chair that would make an outstanding addition to your man cave, living room, basement, wherever you want to put it. Don't put it outside. Might get ruined. It's been raining a lot. But make sure you check out the game day chair by giving those guys a call, 803-926-1493. Our buddy Travis Edwards said that Sam Pittman said the biggest thing he learned from Kirby, uh, Kirby being Kirby Smart, was to be a relentless recruiter. So I I think you got some guys on this staff that that can give you that, and um, that's the way it's going to have to play at South Carolina. As much as – South Carolina wants to one day be sort of a name school in its own right. You got to build from somewhere. And that that's a position too. I, I look at some positions where um, 
you have to have maybe more of an X's and O's guy, maybe more of a developer. But then other spots, I think you need a star recruiter and receiver a position that I think you you almost have to have a star recruiter at. So um, let's see. I was trying to think of where we were going to go with this. I uh, All right. Uh, any, any other thoughts, Chris, on step other than just the – I mean, the, the reaction has been great from – from people that have reached out. I, I notice any, anytime you have people reach out without you having to ask, that's generally a good sign um, of respect. <laughs> you know, from when you have coaches reaching out just because they want you to know, they, hey, that's my guy, or hey, uh, this guy's a great hire. That, that's usually a great sign. It is. It is. I mean, really highly regarded. That My biggest, um, you know, reaction we heard about is that my mind immediately went to recruiting. You know, there are certain guys that you think of you know, if you mention a name, word association, you know, with some coaches, you would think, hey, track record of development or, or whatever it may be with him. You think about that recruiting edge that he can that, you know, he has brought in his career and that I think he'll bring to South Carolina. No doubt. Uh, every, everybody loves the game day chair. It appears. Uh, Greg Lee. uh Throwing a tip at us here, Chris. Uh, he said, talk about the guys like Dez and Steps' background as developers and recruiters. It is a unique mix. Uh, appreciate that, Greg, a friend of mine as well. And um, so, Chris, I, I do think there are some similarities here in that you have both South Carolina guys, um, both Furman grads, actually, and both both guys that left the state and sort of made their own path and have sort of worked their way up and and now are, are obviously back at South Carolina. We saw we saw Dez and, and what he was able to do um, this past season. Fourth um, fourth uh, thousand yard rusher in the last five seasons. Very impressive. Developed guys throughout his time at NC State. Um, I was watching the NC State game, which they didn't have a great day against Kentucky, obviously, but they were talking about their returning rusher and um you know, basically a, a situation where um, they uh, were, were able to hire um, or, or bring back the, the person that was um, going to be the leading rusher in the ACC um, next year. And he was also recruited by Des Kitchings. So I, I think you have a situation where if you, um, if you look at what Des Kitchings has done as far as his room goes and talking about the, uh, the running back room. And I guys always look at what does somebody do with their room? First and foremost, do they take care of their room? And when I look at Des kitchens from both a recruiting standpoint and from a development standpoint, he takes care of his room. When I look at SMU, when I look at Arkansas, and what Justin Stepp did at both of those stops as far as recruiting wide receivers and developing the guys that he already had, he takes care of his room. So I think, yes, you know, you have your territory, and yes, you have to build relationships in whatever your territory is, and you have to maintain those relationships at those places. But ultimately – I, I tend to think that um, recruiting has sort of turned more and more. Uh, and Chris, you can agree or disagree with me. I think recruiting over the years 
has turned more and more towards it being about that position coach and who um, who's who's going to be your coach at the next level. And yes, the the area coach sort of has to get it started and has to be like, hey, we need to have interest in this guy. But over time, as you really focus in on a player, it becomes more and more important the the actual position coach and yeah. the the guys the guys that do well at South Carolina are the ones that can dig their teeth in and land an Alshon Jeffrey, you know, land a uh, a Marshawn Lloyd, land, land a no brainer, but also can land a um, a Kevin Harris, can land a um, a Kenny McKinley, you know, just at South Carolina, you, you got to sort of be able to get some of the developmental guys and have it worked out, work out for you. Yeah. And that's a great point. Cause you look at, like you look at Des's track record, like his guys produce, talk about taking care of your room, like position recruiting is so big nowadays. I mean, a position coach is going to be involved with a guy in almost every case. I mean, you know, offensive line, offensive linemen, particularly depending on the coach, like Eric Wolford, like he recruited offensive linemen. There's some other schools where the offensive line coach is definitely involved. Maybe another guy is a little bit more involved. The head coach is involved. But that's the way it really has gone to now. You know, more and more position recruiting, taking care of your own room, building relationships with your guys. And if nothing else, like you said, Wes, guys want to know who their coach is going to be at the next level. Those relationships matter. They're very, very important. So when you look at, say, Des, you look at his production, but you also looked at how he's gotten some of those guys. You mentioned non-logo schools in the past. Vanderbilt, I mean, he recruited Zach Stacy and Warren Norman there. They're both mid-three-star guys, one from Alabama, one from Georgia. They're at Vanderbilt, tough place to recruit. He recruited those guys, and they produced, and they're two of the best backs in school history, you know, both from the same class in 2009. And you look at NC State, yeah, he had some higher-ranked guys like Naheem Hines, but he had some other ones that weren't as highly recruited that he helped develop into 1,000-yard rushers. Kevin Harris certainly was more talented than his recruiting ranking. We know that now when you just watch him on the field. But the development that Des helped him with from, you know, from freshman year to now, certainly he gets some credit for that too. So uh, that ability to recruit to non-logo schools to make sure that you're is there are certain guys that, when they're at a place, you're, you know that it's going to be stopped with good players. And that mostly nowadays uh, falls on the mission coach to make sure that you get that done. And um, that's, that's an area that Des Kitchings has excelled in. Yeah, one, one of his final targets or final lands at NC State, um, a name I was trying to pull earlier, uh, Zonovan Knight, who is, uh, I believe, their starter right now, had almost 800 yards rushing this year so you've seen that position actually carry on even uh since uh, Kitchings was out at NC State and uh you know you go back you know looking at step his time at SMU you mentioned Cortland Sutton um named his kid after him I, I didn't I actually did not realize this Chris but Cortland Sutton and Trey Quinn um both were 1,000 yard receivers in the same season which is it's pretty insane. That was in 2017 when he was there. And um, actually, they were one of only two schools in the country to be able to say that they had two 1,000-yard receivers. So I think 
Absolutely. I think of recruiting first and foremost with Step. Um, and I think of Des Kitchens as being a strong recruiter as well. But I don't think those are – I don't think either one is someone that you say they're a recruiter only, but then they don't know how to develop, you know, when, when they get them. They've proven time and time again that – and running back and receiver, I think, is – those are both positions where you need – you have to get some guys with that baseline talent. You know, you can't just pull it out of thin air. You have to have the athleticism to go do what you have to do at those – you know, that what's required at those two positions. But um, they've been able to take that, evaluate it, and then develop – the guys and into doing what they need to do with those positions, which is, is obviously impressive and obviously going to be needed here at South Carolina. Yeah. And I think with receivers, you know, look, the, the best, the best teams in the country, the best receivers in the country, best receiver rooms in the country. If you go up and down and look, it's mostly guys that everybody wanted that are studs. And it's pretty evident that, that they were studs. Now, some of them turned out even better than a lot of people thought. I mean, we knew out of high school Devontae Smith was good. We knew that. We didn't know he's this good, right? So he's he's been really good. Uh, you look at even, you know, some places like South Carolina, they've had some stud-type guys out of high school. Alshon Jeffrey turned out to be really good. They've had some guys, you mentioned since you mentioned Kenny McKinley, Wes, earlier, former high school quarterback, not as highly recruited, turned into an excellent player at South Carolina. Development. So at South Carolina, you're probably going to have to have a mix of both those. Ideally, you know, if we're talking four, five, six years from now, we're talking about what a great wide receiver room South Carolina has. Most likely that would mean they got a bunch of studs in that receiver room. But along the way, or maybe even during that time, they're going to have some guys that are just flat out good evaluations as well. Um, And I think you see that a lot at running back too. There are going to be some guys who are maybe big time players like Marshawn Lloyd, and then maybe you're going to have a Kevin Harris come along as well. No doubt. Um, everybody wants to know what's in my cup. It's nothing fun at all. It's just water. Completely ice water. There's the proof. Um, but, okay, what, what, what else has happened since we've been on here, man? I know we, we've, we've gone heavy on step. We've talked about assistant coaches a little bit. Um, Deshaun Fenwick, I can't remember when that news came down. Um, I think it's been since we've had a show. But Deshaun Fenwick – he announces that he's out. Jabari Ellis announces that he's coming back. Um, with Fenwick, Chris, I don't think it was a huge surprise. You know, I, I think if you look at that position, Fenwick, I, I think always sort of maybe wanted to to have an opportunity to be the the lead guy. And uh, you know, at, at one point, it, it actually I think it sort of wavered a little bit. Like at, at one point, it looked like he may leave, and then it looked like he may be back. And now, obviously. He made the decision to leave. But I think this is someone, obviously, if you're South Carolina, you would have loved to have had him back. Don't get me wrong. It gives you depth. And he did an outstanding job, I thought, of playing that role of the, the backup to, to Kevin Harris and being ready and being fresh when his name was called. Um, he's, he's actually done that throughout his career. When he's gotten his chances, he's taken advantage of it and produced. And I – I respect that from a guy that he's sort of uh, stayed in there and fought. Now I, I don't know where he'll find his sort of. I almost think maybe he he needs to. He's gonna have to take a step down if he wants to be the guy, like the top guy. But um, 
that that move didn't really wasn't really a huge surprise, I don't think. Yeah, you know, that's another one where we've heard for some period of time since Fenwick has been here that, hey, he might be a transfer possibility, right? Remember last offseason, we heard some buzz about that. Now, ultimately, he decided to stay, and ultimately, he got to play a good bit. And like you said, Wes did a really good job in that complimentary role. Someone that's really developed well during his time at South Carolina. It took longer than maybe some people anticipated, but I think we saw this past season what Fenwick is capable of. He could be a very solid back. I agree with you. I think he could go somewhere and be, you know, a first string running back and be a good player. Um, or he could latch on somewhere and, and maybe get more carries as a backup or be a one A, one B. maybe he gets closer to Florida or where you know, I'm not sure exactly what he's gonna do. Don't know where he's gonna go, but certainly I think he's developed where not well enough during his time here to where he has some proven experience. He's shown that he can develop. He's got a body of work that where he can point to, hey, I did this. A lot of guys are going in the portal, Wes, without that sort of body of work. You're just not really sure what you're getting. There's a ton of guys in the portal. There's not that many spots to give out. Some guys are going to get left out. I've, I've got a feeling that Deshaun Fenwick is going to find a nice you know, landing spot, just like John Dixon lands at Penn State. Quality option for him, but he's shown smaller body of work than anybody around here would have hoped, but He's got a body of work from two years, John Dixon did, to where he can, you know, project to be, hey, Penn State can look, say we need a corner. This guy's a good player. Let's go out and get him. Yeah, I um, I, I tell you, man, I, I think that if you um, – when, when guys go in the portal, as you said, you, you sort of quickly find out, like, okay, where do these guys really stand? So, if I – you know, when I saw John Dixon to Penn State, I was like, that's a uh, – a pretty pretty nice get uh for, for john dixon a pretty nice landing spot and uh you know we'll, we'll certainly see with uh with the sean fenwick uh, greg s appreciate the uh, five spot man uh he said thoughts on jakeem green and if south carolina has a shot at landing him um have, have you heard anything specifically on jakeem chris chris with the all one per show uh oh man job uh you know, obviously with his ties to the state from Sumter at one time, a Gamecock commitment during the Will Muschamp era ended up going to Nebraska. You know, that was a natural question. But, no, we haven't heard anything specific about whether or not he'll be a target. One thing to keep in mind, guys, they've got 11 spots left, you know, to play with and between high school, junior college, and transfer guys. And so, they're obviously, we laid out priority receiver, linebacker, defensive back, maybe a quarterback, you know, and you look at maybe, hey, maybe a pass rusher, an interior guy, but they're going to have to be quite careful. So not sure yet, you know, if anything will happen with Jakeem Green in South Carolina. Yeah, so that, that'll be one to watch. And, and like you said, you've got to um, – got to be careful with these final spots. So um, he, he really didn't do a whole lot yet at Nebraska with someone South Carolina was high on at one time, but – We'll see if um, if that ends up being – because, there, dude, there's so many guys in the transfer portal already and probably more guys to come. So it, it's something that you have to keep an eye on, but you have to you have to fill your needs while also um, not running out of scholarships, basically, and giving yourself some flexibility. So, um, all right, y'all, there's a lot going on. I think we're going to cut it right there. We wanted to go into um, just the step quite a bit, and, of course, uh, we're going to get ready for – um, this meeting coming up, which is about to be uh, at 3 o'clock, Board of Trustees meeting that South Carolina 
we'll uh, make some coaching hires official. So um, we're going to go take care of some business, y'all. But uh, appreciate you watching. Appreciate the super chats. If uh, we missed the question or we didn't get to it, then um, we will certainly hit it at a later date. But um, thanks, as always, for the support. Thanks, of course, to Affordable Medical and the Game Day Chair. And uh, thanks to every single one of you on the show. We will see you and talk to you soon. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.